Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on Cranberry.fm. It's the 5th of January, 2017. We're into a new year, same old format, same old radio network, same old hosts. Hey Dave, Happy New Year. <laughs> and to you too, yeah, it's been a few weeks. It has. Same old vacation spot, you're up in Whistler. I am indeed, yeah. Did you Just got here yesterday. Talk? Ah, so you missed Frank. Frank Watson was in Whistler last week. I know, I know. I, I found that kind of funny, and we sort of were going back and forth a little bit on on places to go and and stuff like that. But yeah, unfortunately, we didn't get to cross over in our trips. Two ships that pass on the Sea to Sky Highway. Hmm. <laughs> well played. Problem with Christmas, aside from like you know, a serious slowdown in the world of tech, is there's a serious slowdown in the world of tech. Yeah. Um, not a lot happened this week, but, or in the last couple of weeks, actually, it's been, it's been a few weeks, hasn't it? We've been, we haven't been on the air since the, I think the 22nd of, uh, yeah, since the 22nd of December. I know, I know, it really has been a while. Well, a few things have happened, and we're going to really try to rag the puck on these. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank goodness for Barry Schwartz, I'll tell you that, because, you know, well, the rest of us have been uh, slumbering and uh, drinking eggnog and doing pretty much nothing. Barry's been covering as much as he possibly could, including hanging out on all those webmaster chats with uh, with John Mueller. <laughs> Which is always going to give you some fodder. We'll always give you fodder and will often make you raise your eyebrows. Um, for instance... Barry's reporting that John Mueller said that 404 error codes, uh, you know, Google will pick up on them. But, you know, being the uh, loving and generous folks Google are, they probably won't care about them because most 404 error codes that you find, like, say, in in Search Console, Mm -hmm. Google figures it's not the webmaster's fault. Yeah, Yeah. Now, I think, you know, in, in some cases, they're quite right. You know, the, you think of the, think of the uh, blog post that you wrote uh, four years ago, and then you've gone and you've redone your site. That blog, the whole, you know, structure has changed, but there's a bunch of links coming from a bunch of other websites. Like, you know, say I linked to an article that you wrote before you redid your website. Right. Um, you know, chances are I'm not going to remember to go and change the link on... Um, on my website, and because it's a one-off, chances are you're not 404-ing it. I'm sorry, 301-ing it to the new, to where it should be going. It's going to end up being a straight-up 404. Um, probably not your fault, though, because, you know, these things happen. Well, and that is you a good way to look at it. Maximum voicemail duration. Your message will be deleted unless you press sort of 3 to save it. To listen um, to your message, press 1. To erase and re-record, press 2. To send, press three. To send this message as er- press four. Oh, press Please four. Do it now. now. <laughs> Do it now. That is your phone, by the way, there, Dave. Your service, yeah, your voicemail. I'm not sure how that happened. I don't know. My apologies, you everybody. You have exceeded maximum voicemail duration. Your message will be deleted unless <laughs> you press three to save it. Unless I hang up on you there, Dave. To your message, press one. To erase and re-record, press two. To send, press three. You really to send this message this. as urgent, press this, four. We gotta hook Please this woman up with Letty now. over at Barry Schwartz's <laughs> office. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm just into my task manager right now. You have exceeded maximum voicemail oh duration. My God. Your message will be deleted unless go. you it press three ending. to save it. To listen to your message, press <laughs> one. Okay, I'm gonna <laughs> hang up. Record, <laughs> I'm gonna come right back into the system. For all of you that enjoy this live, press four. Please enter your selection now. I love it when that stuff happens. Let's see if it goes away. There we go. My apologies, everybody. Thank you for calling. Goodbye. (laughs) There we are. It does end. Um, Interestingly, and I'm not sure if anybody wants to send me an email or something, that was tied to Skype. 
somehow because as soon as I closed Skype, it was gone, and then as soon as I got back, it was back. So I assumed it was my my phone messaging system, but nope, it was related to Skype. Anyway, apologies, everybody. Uh, one of the things that I I have to wonder about though, Jim, based on on what you were talking about there. Um, is what would happen to the the sort of credibility of that page. So I, I think what John's referring to here is on a grand scope, we're not going to punish your domain and we're not going to punish your website um, for, for these 404s because, yeah, you bring up a good point. Are you going to change every link? Um, you know, you, uh, to use your example, you linked to, to some article that I wrote, whatever, six years ago in a blog post that you wrote six years ago. You know, I moved my article or, or my site goes down. Are you expected to... Yeah, you know, I mean, how? Um, but what would happen to that individual piece? So if you had written that individual piece, and that I do wonder about, um, is that piece you wrote, let's say it's, it's you know, on, on this, you know, this great thing on whatever, machine learning or some algorithm thing at the, at the time, if it had some good traffic, um, you know, because of what it was and, and, and for whatever it was ranking for, would it then be penalized? So now Google sees that this page itself um, has some broken links on it. Does that degrade the value of that that page? So they're saying it doesn't work on a domain level and your site's not going to be penalized, but I have to wonder on a URL level if it if it might have some impact, which I think in that instance, it, it probably reasonably could. I think it absolutely has to. If Google keeps going to a page and, and getting a file not found, it keeps banging on something, it's got to remove from its from its search results because there's yeah. nothing to show, right? Right. Um, but will it penalize an entire domain? Well, I think Google learned their way around that, uh, you know, over the last two and a half years. Um, so I, d I doubt that it will. And then, you know, when you think about it, that actually goes in with with a lot of stuff that that uh, both John Mueller and Gary Ease have been saying about Penguin. Yeah, that it's a uh, you know it's a, it's URL based, not domain based. Right. Right, which makes a lot of sense. Now, one of the things I hope our listeners aren't taking from this is that on either end of that equation, if you've got incoming links that are hitting a 404, this doesn't mean you don't have to worry about them because it's still lost weight. And if you're linking out to 404s, it doesn't mean you shouldn't fix them because you're not providing your users the experience that they expect to have. So they still should be fixed. Um, but... It is interesting, and and on in in some ways, I view this as it's almost bad that they said it. It may be accurate, it may be honest, <laughs> but it's yeah. like it's still an important area to address on any website on either side of that equation. So, I, I hopefully people still remember that that this is critical for users and for SEO value because link weight isn't passing when it hits a four hundred four. Well, and you know, no matter what Google is saying, and I, I absolutely agree with you, David, and no matter what Google is saying, there has to be something to be said for good housekeeping as a webmaster. Um, yeah. And I, I'm, I'm positive Google appreciates good character and good housekeeping. Well, and one of the things that I have to wonder about here, too, I mean, John's talking, you know, right now, and, and I, you know what, credit to him, I think for the most part he is honest and in the most part he is accurate in a Matt cut see I'm saying it so you need to pay attention to every individual word I'm using right now <laughs> because I if you don't I you may miss the actual point of the thing but and we've talked about this a whole bunch I, I know it's an area you know I'm excited about but we are also dealing with a machine learning universe here right now um, and what this means to me is there's going to be functions and features coming up that we can't predict nor can Google Right? I mean, that is one of the functions of advanced machine learning is even the engineers won't be able to reverse engineer it. We know that they're toying with allowing machine or, or training machine learning to make up new factors. I don't know that it's in there yet. I doubt that it is. But we know that that's an area they're looking at. So just because John can say that this is the way it is today, and even if no human engineer ever made it that way, there may be functions in an algorithm developed by AI that just decide that that's important and it may be important um as a, as a quality signal so you know just because we know it today or some people engineers at google know it today doesn't mean that that's going to be the case tomorrow and it's going to advance very rapidly very much and you know in that vein a uh, another another just sort of sort of weird one feels like a left field uh left field uh, uh hit from from google 
did you John Mueller is suggesting, and I mean, maybe he's absolutely right because what the heck do I know? I've been doing this for 20 years, but what do I know? Um, <laughs> apparently, Wix websites made in Wix, uh, they work according to John Mueller, they work fine in search. Yeah. Does that feel right to you? It, it doesn't. It doesn't feel right to me. Um, but you know what? I mean, in defense of Wix, I mean, and this is a big stretch for me, but in defense of Wix, um, A, I've been learning a lot more about um, the technology behind their build lately, and mm -hmm. it's sound. I've watched John give, give great lectures um, on, on the subject. So, okay, you know, on, on that front, I'll give it to them. Um, I have toyed around with it a little bit. Um, I mean, just for the sake of toying around with it, instinctively, it cannot function as well as a lot of other um, sort of formats and functions. It's, it's just more restrictive. But I, I think what John's saying when he's going, hey, you know, there, there's nothing inherently wrong with this is, is basically what I, what I think he's meaning by that, is that there's nothing at its core fundamentally wrong with this. Yes, I think there's a lot of things that you're going to be restricted from being able to do that you could do in even a system like WordPress that isn't as good as if you were just hand coding it yourself, right? So, um, you know, I, I, I think what he's getting at is the system itself is crawlable. <laughs> mm -hmm. and or, or contents there. Um, and, and I think that's really what he was getting at. Can you take advantage of all the things you're going to need to be able to take advantage of in high competition areas? You know, are you going to be able to fight over fractions of percents on page, you know, page speed insights and stuff like that? No, no, you're not. Um, are you going to have all the flexibility you might want from a website? No, no, you're not. But um, I, I, so I think really that's the question he's getting to. From the looking around, and I started when when Wix was, you know, throwing their SEO hero contest, which is still ongoing right now. Yes, I, it is crawlable. <laughs> um, and, and so from that context, I think that's what he's getting at there. But would I ever build a site in it? No, I wouldn't. Um, it's not flexible enough. And you just, I, I can't see at this stage in its evolution, fighting over those small factors that you would need to be able to fight over in a, in a high competition area. If you just wanted to throw something together though, and rank for, you know, bed and breakfast in the middle of nowhere, Texas, I, you know, I, I think you'd be fine. <laughs> um, you know, and, and sort of supplement that with the other local SEO signals instead. So. Okay. And again, I, and as you said, in, in Wix's defense, I guess, uh, Google doesn't actually crawl, crawl or parse code very much anymore. It renders a page and sees what it gets. Yeah. So, you know, if it can render it, it can probably read it. But, you know, I mean, SEO is a game of, itch, of inches. And if uh, Wix doesn't let you go the extra inch, then you know, the WordPress site will probably do better. I'm not making that joke. I'm not even going anywhere near that. <laughs> I mean, it would have been too easy, but I'm not doing it. Well, and you know what? To me, that's the thing. It is exactly what you talked about. And I think anybody listening to the show, that's the thing. Why would I give up a fraction of a percent when I don't yeah. have to? Yeah, indeed. And um, maybe, that, you know what? Maybe there's some designers out there that uh, just see things radically. I should hope that they see things radically different than I do. Because um, I just can't see a Wix site looking good. But maybe, you know, I might even be looking at a Wix site and not even know I'm looking at it if I'm just surfing through, right? Yeah, you know what? I, I will give. It is far more flexible and far more attractive than than I had thought once I got in there and started looking around. It, it is a lot more flexible. So, I mean, to, to list an example where I would use it, and I, I was looking at it for a, it wasn't a client, it was um, a friend of, of mine who just needs to build a site, um, and it's not meant to rank. So I was like, okay, and I don't want to be supporting this, so <laughs> let's look at Wix um, and, and see if I can just get this thing set up and, and work there, and I wanted to explore it anyway. Um, I, in doing that, I did learn it, it, it is more flexible than I thought it was. Um, it's still not going to give that opportunity. I wouldn't trust it for something I really wanted to rank um, at this stage, but um, it, it, did do, it did do more and... Um, I was able to produce a fairly attractive product for him. I still ended up leaning on WordPress because I'm like, ah, oh, it's going to be faster for me just to do this. 
um, mm-hmm. in WordPress because I'm faster there and then I'll lock him out of all the stuff I don't want him doing. <laughs> um, but it, it was able to produce something fairly decent. Um, and I, I, I was pleasantly surprised for Wix's side on that. Again, I still wouldn't do it in anything I cared to rank. Um, but but it, you know it what? did produce a fairly attractive product. And you know that you're going to be, you know, as, as an SEO consultant who uh, sees websites coming from multiple platforms, it's only a matter of time till you're going to have to work on one of the sites, eh? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. You can see that writing on the wall. Somebody's coming with one, yep. and that'll be that. Now, God, I'm so old. I remember when uh, content management systems were, you know, just, just coming into play when we used to hand code all of the sites. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when, 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 you know, back in the step forth days, when we worked on a website, we were uh, either working on it in Notepad or it's like Dreamweaver or something. Right. And I remember being mad about WordPress, you know, just thinking, oh, my God, like, the bar is getting so low now. Anybody can get in. And that's, oh, like, yeah. maybe, that, maybe that's how I'm feeling about Wix. You know what? That's exactly the thought I had when I was in there. I was like, I have an incredible bias um against it and that goes back to very legitimate things and that you know like a year ago <laughs> when when there were problems or i guess maybe a couple years ago now when there were big crawling problems with wix um but and i remember and, and probably you do too oh you know what wordpress is fine for your blog but never never build your site in it um you know i remember that being my you know i would tell clients and heck it's not that long ago i've still got clients that i was telling that to and now we've moved into <laughs> wordpress right like and, well, and i remember the discussions but you said i know i said that but you know the world's changed in the last few years um so yeah. i i know exactly what you're talking about and it will be interesting to see if wix can sort of keep up and i do sort of look at that day in the future when somebody's coming with one going this is my site um, you know, if they're in a lower competition, so, you know, if they were coming going, I want to rank up against Amazon, I'd go, not if, unless you're rebuilding your site. But, you know, if they're in for, for smaller competition or local terms or something like that, yeah, you'd probably bite the bullet and go, all right, let's 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 see what we can do here. You know, it's, it's only a matter of time before, like, Hobby Lobby or something starts selling paint-by-numbers website <laughs> design kits, right? Okay, we got it's it's about 22 minutes past the beginning of the show, so we got to take a break here on Webcology here on cranberry.fm. So, on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You're listening to Webcology on cranberry.fm on the uh, 5th of January 2017. Back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising? Or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? Studies show that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average. The web marketing experts at WMETraining.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the web marketing experts at wmetraining.com. Do you have cold, hard cash burning a hole in your pocket? Let Cranberry Radio lighten your load. Just hand us that burdensome dinero and we'll get you set up with your very own radio show. We produce, edit, and amplify the show. All you have to do is show up. It's time for you to make an impact. We're glad to help. Just hand over the cash. Space is limited. So contact us now at sales at cranberry.fm. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. TopSEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let TopSEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Content for your ears. And everything in between. Cranberry.fm. 
ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Web Culture here on Cranberry.fm. It's the 5th of January 2017. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And uh, and Dave, you, uh, you notice Google tracking and, uh, you know, following you around everywhere you go? <laughs> I think everybody who uses an Android device is familiar with that uh, with that paranoia. Um, but yeah, I assume you're referring to uh, a write-up over on SEO by the Sea for all of our listeners who don't go to SEObythesea.com. It's Bill Slosky's blog. Go there. <laughs> he analyzes patents. It's, it's one of the, the one of my go-to um, news sources, and 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 the guy's forgotten more than I'll ever know about Google patents, and I I, I like them a lot. Um, at any rate, on the on December thirty first, because the man doesn't take a holiday, indeed, <laughs> um, he had published a, a really really interesting piece to me anyway um, on tracking um, how busy places are by looking at location histories. And this goes back into some of their some of their past patents. And you'll all of our listeners and, and Jim, I'm, I'm sure you've seen this as well. Um, if, you, if anybody who's used Google Maps for anything, especially if you're on your Android device and you're looking for directions between point A and point B. We've all seen it. Google show little like red zones and stuff on the maps where traffic is backed up and, and sort of they'll reroute you if, if they feel that there's a better route to get you there uh, or, or suggest a better route. Basically looking at, hey, how many Androids and, and you know, devices that they're connected to are floating around and, and how are people, you know, is traffic slower or faster in certain locations based on the movement of these devices? Fantastic, but now they're taking that a, a step further, according to this patent, and it was a, a logical, uh, you know, sort of step in the process. And we've all seen parts of this, or anybody who's gone to Google Maps and looked up, um, you know, the the you know looked up a business on on Google Maps or or whatnot, and you'll see that there's popular times that appear on there. So they're using these devices to tell when when things are popular. Well, according to this patent. They're going to be carrying that one step further, and I think this is a natural extension. And even considering something like, I'm going to the grocery store, what's the lineup like? Right, Like watching what people in these lineups are, are doing um, and how long they're having to stand in the line at a store or in the line at a, at a restaurant that they're going to. You know, how, What's it like at the Blue Fox, Jim? I know you'll know what I'm talking about there. Um, and the, you know, is it one hour or two hours and I'm going to have to wait for brunch today? Um, but basically, this patent is is giving us ideas on how long waits are going to be. You can assume this is going to be an extension of, hey, what's a restaurant around me? Well, there's this one, but the lineup's currently an hour and a half, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, uh, starting to, to give us that sort of information. I think it's really, really interesting. A further jump into, into the real world. I think it also ties in quite nicely with some of the stuff they're, they're doing now over on the AdWords side. We're using the... Um, sort of offline conversion standpoint, I saw an ad on, you know, my my machine or, you know, on my phone and then actually tracking me to the in-store conversion. Did I actually visit that store after with my devices? Um, I think this ties in quite nicely um, with some of that in, in the location settings and being able to bridge over, okay, well, your ads don't perform as well here because we're also letting people know, hey, it's going to be an hour and a half in the lineup or whatnot, right? So helping people in local businesses, especially restaurants and, and services like that, adjust their ad campaigns based on when they could actually take on that, that, new, um, that new opportunity, that new client. Or something like that. Don't show me one. If I'm on, you know, asking my phone, hey, hey what's a brunch place around me? Um, you know, if there's one with a two-hour lineup and I'm paying for advertising for, you know, brunch places or whatever, yeah, now may not be the time to fire out that ad uh, because my lineup's two hours long. I couldn't serve them anyway, and now I'm just going to be wasting a click. So I, I'm kind of excited about how these things might might merge together. It's, it's a really interesting pattern. It is interesting. It's... Uh... How to say this? I can't help seeing it being incredibly spooky, but 
delivering such incredible value at the same time. All information Google gathers from, you know, the, the, the plethora of Android devices out there um, is not identifi identifiable. They, uh, at least they, they suggest that. <laughs> they, they, they say straight up it's not identifiable. But it is, of course, because it's attached to, you know, your, 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 your cell phone number and your uh, cell ID number. Um, oh, I don't know, Dave. I honestly, I, I would remember that day uh, you, me, Mary and Shauna were looking for a place to eat. We had to, uh, Shauna and I had to get to the airport really fast, but we wanted to grab brunch. And yep. The Blue Fox had this terrible lineup. And had we known we'd have gone a different direction and saved 20 minutes. Yep. That would have been great. That would have been wonderful. I'd love that. I'd love to have known that ahead of time. But the way we get the information, the price seems uh, staggeringly high to me. Oh, come on, Jim. You know what? Here's if if it if it helps you feel a little better about drinking the Kool Aid. <laughs> if you flash back ten years, what they're doing right now would be extremely frightening. <laughs> like the data you're right now voluntarily giving up and happy to do it. If we'd been telling you 10 years ago, you'd have been doing it. You'd have been horrified. So don't oh, worry. By the time oh, this really kicks in, you'll be totally passive to the entire ordeal. The, the, the difference <laughs> to me is like when I'm putting something up on Facebook or, or you know, <laughs> if, I, if I really wanted to put up with the abuse, up on Twitter, um, that's a voluntary thing. I'm choosing to do that. I know the environment I'm walking into or typing my way into, and I'm making that choice. But I'm, you know, in, 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 in the case of this patent, I'm just walking down the street and suddenly I'm getting advertisements um, saying that the, re the three restaurants ahead of me have X number of lineup or their kitchen is backed up to such a degree. <laughs> you know, um, and that information is coming from a bunch of other people. Incidentally, now, now that I see that information coming into me, I know that I'm contributing to all that other information that's out there. Uh, or all the, all the other information Google is serving other people. And all of that is well and good because none of it affects me directly except the system. You know, and as you said uh, in, in the earlier segment, we, uh, we're moving more and more towards AI, um, artificial intelligence, that unless it's told to care, doesn't give a fig about my, 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 my privacy rights. And, you know, these, uh, the, the AI system is creating its own subroutines. And so even the programmers aren't quite sure what it's going to be doing. Right. It, uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not thinking Skynet as much as I'm thinking, say, Huxley's Brave New World or um, the most helpful big brother in an Orwellian universe. Yeah, I mean, and that is, a, you know, we can have great shows just talking about but exactly that subject, how much do we give up and what is the world that we're creating? But <laughs> uh, and it is certainly something that we need to need to keep in mind as we start to let machines take over more and more and we start to give out more and more of our privacy. What happens? Right. And, and this is something we need to ask. And I think your Orwellian reference um, is a lot more accurate um, than something like, say, you know, the Skynet that we all talk about and, and Terminators and this and that. No, I think actually it's more the Orwellian um, scenario that that we need to be now, aware of. If this kind of system can help me not get hit by a Google self-driving car, I'll be cool with it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. Keep those damn cars like a good meter or so away from my shins. I'll be really happy with it. Well, I mean, let's let's be honest. That would be part of of the system. I know if I was Google building self-driving cars, I certainly would make those cars aware of devices that are wandering around in the area. Right? I mean, then you just know it's, it's predicting where I am because it already knows where I am and can predict whether I'm some sort of weird threat or target. Um, and I mean threat to hit, not threat like I'm about to attack the driver of the car. Um, so that would be something that, that would be an interesting use and that would actually make it safer to be walking around with an Android device, <laughs> assuming that, that Google uh, you know, is, the, is the dominant player in that market. Here's to hoping. Okay, now... Um, a few moments ago, I got to speculating about AI starting to, you know, actually be its own intelligence and so, you know, keeping track of things to such a degree that it's using the data it collects to create new subroutines and new algorithms. You'd think 
that uh, you know a machine that that was smart that that is so smart that it could write its own algorithms. You think it would be able to keep track of I don't know any given number between one and uh, I don't know a Google or so? Yeah. Did you see the story? It was a few weeks ago. I'm sorry, last week, December thirtieth. And like I said, we haven't been on the air for a while, so there's a lot of lot to a lot of time to cover in which not a hell of a lot happened. <laughs> but uh, this, this was up in uh, uh, search search engine roundtable. Um, according to uh, a webmaster named uh, uh, Pedro Matias. He writes to uh, John Mueller and uh, Gary Ease um, asking if the latest link update in uh, Google Search Console, or after disavowing, he saw a 50% drop in link count in 45 days. He was wondering if that was a good or a bad sign. It's certainly a startling sign. If you see a 50% reduction in the number of links that Google recognizes coming into your site, well, your eyebrows are going to perk up, right? Yeah. Like, why is this happening? So, you know, obviously he's concerned. Like, you know, as, as any, but as as one will be, right? Mm-hmm. So he writes to uh, to uh, John Mueller and uh, Gary Ease, and uh, John Mueller replies, disavow doesn't affect which links are shown. There's something to know. Disavow doesn't affect which links uh, Google Search Console shows you. That sounds more like a data change on our side. I'd ignore it. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, I, basically, what he's saying is it's not such a big deal. But again, we many, many of us live and die by the link. And a 50% reduction in recognized link count is, you know, kind of startling. Um, and it's not like Mueller can can recommend using other products, but this <laughs> might be a job for you know, say Majestic or Screaming Frog or something, right? You know what? As soon as you and and I hadn't seen this story, and as soon as you brought it to my attention, I'm like, wow, you know what? Dixon has got to love this. <laughs> um, you know, or uh, any of the tool providers, Moz, Ahrefs, Majestic, whoever, um, has got to love this because. Yeah, now you need to lean on them, even for your own. Majestic, I think, is is the big winner here. Um, and the reason I, I say that is Majestic, as, as you know, Jim, uh, has a, a free, will basically give you the data for free for your own site, right? Like you have mm-hmm. to verify your site with them and then they'll... So really, they're the only one with a free alternative to collecting the data that Google keeps taking away. <laughs> so um, so I think they're going to be the big winner out of this because now you can get your own data for free and then in exchange they get they get to put their product in front of you and, and maybe you'll like it for competitor research or, or whatnot. So um, yeah, I think I think tool manufacturers have got to be happy about about these these cutbacks. You me, are you surprised, Jim? I've seen this enough. I'm not. I'm not surprised, although it did lead me to another question uh, that I want to ask you. Um, I saw one of those, uh, I think this was 45 uh, SEO experts um, give their advice for 2017. And this was one of the ones that, that neither you or I were a part of. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's dozens of these 45 SEO experts. Give me a, <laughs> why 45 this year? I wonder, wonder yeah, I why know. the number 45. But anyway, um, Chris Hart. You, you remember Chris? Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, used to work for Bruce Clay. Now he's out on his own. I'm sorry, Chris, if I don't have the article in front of me, this is by memory, or otherwise I'd mention the company you're with right now, brother. But Chris made an interesting point, suggesting that in 2017, we're going to see Google take even more free information away from webmasters. And, uh, there's, you know, he didn't really have a lot to base that on, except Google's previous behavior. But you know, I just wanted to ask you, what do you think? Is, uh, is Google going to be uh, tightening up on the information it's given out to us, or...? Um, I think we're going to see it go on, on both sides. And, and I think you're referring to uh, LinkedIx is, is the company he's with now. Um, I, I, I'm pretty sure we're going to see more and less. So in a case like this, where it's data that they really don't want us seeing, 
Um, right? Like they, how, I don't know how many times Google has said, stop looking, you know, stop caring so much about your backlinks, right? And, and all that sort of stuff. This move here, for example, isn't surprising at all when it comes not that long after they're going, you know what, you don't have to worry as much about disavows. We've got this. We understand the, the architecture of links. We understand what's good. We understand what. Dave? Hmm. Dave's not here, nope. he thinks. There we go. I'm not sure what happened there. Okay, so they understand backlinks. So they understand backlinks. So I think in, in a case like that, yeah, they're going to be pulling away this kind of data because really they don't want us to have it. They don't want us obsessing over it. It's like when they pulled out keywords, right? They don't want us looking at this. But at the same time, they keep giving us more and more data where they do want us to have it, right? They keep building in better and better um, analytics functions. They keep putting out you know, posts and, and data on how to use Google Tag Manager to track this event or that event or get better feels for, for what your actual visitors are doing. So, yeah, they take away data on one hand, and then they're teaching us what they actually want us to know on the other, which is stuff geared more towards understanding your users and, and what to do with them. And then they're pulling out more of this, here's your backlinks, here's your keywords, you know, that, that sort of data that they don't really want us chasing after anyway. So... Yeah, it's it's. I, I think he's right and wrong at the same time, but he's right in the context he was talking about, of course. Um, and just you know, they'll, they'll be giving us some stuff to on on the other hand. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. I still think that uh, the the kernel of Google's algorithm is, uh, or the kernel of Google's algorithms, the 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 central foundation block upon which everything else is built, is the value of links. That's oh yeah, always going to be important. Oh um, yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I think they don't want us looking at them <laughs> and obsessing about them. I think you and I and everybody else understands that they're they're important. I, I think Google and you know it. I don't. You know they always fall on the like just build good content. The links will come. Well, okay, I, I'm a grown up. I live in the real world. No, <laughs> that's not how this works. Maybe it doesn't Candyland. Um, but I, I, can, or whatever, I yeah. can see why they're trying to pull this because it'll force us to just go after the best. And it may be a case where they're like, you know what? They keep chasing after this thing. And, you know, if we just take all their data away, uh, then then they won't be able to. Forgetting, of course, that there's many great data sources, Majestic, Ahrefs, Mod, whoever, right? Like LinkedIn, right? Like there's, there's tons of other good link sources out there that, that we can use. Well... My concern, and then on one side, Google's absolutely right. Focus on making really good content because that's why people are on the web. That's why people are going to your website. They're looking for something. So make it easy for them to find that thing. Mm -hmm. Makes good sense. But this is a commercial world. The, uh, for at least from where I'm sitting, I have several clients who they do make good content. They do do good work. Um, one of my clients is a fashion house, excellent product, well-known products, but they're competing against a number of other excellent, well-known products. And, you know, I'm afraid there's more than 10 of them. <laughs> um, and even if there was only 10 of them, each of them wants to be a little bit more prominent than the other, because that's how they make money. And there's so many other factors that and maybe this is this goes back to my problem with Wix too. There's so many factors into making a good web presence that uh, you know that people are forgetting how to um, travel through through their city without using a um, map product of some sort or another. I remember when we just had to rem when we had to remember how to get from point A to point B, where, where streets went, <laughs> um, the basic layout and geography of our cities. And we don't have to do that anymore now that we have like, you know, Google Maps or Garmin mapping units doing it for us. And I fear the same thing's gonna happen in web design. All the important stuff is gonna go by the wayside. It'll become an insanely specialized field. Um, and guys like us will have to deal with a hell of a lot more garbage until we thankfully retire sooner than later. <laughs> well or we could look at it as since we're 
you know, and, and our era of, of developers um, are the only ones that will probably remember how to do it. Our clients get to win <laughs> because we can take advantage of the small factors, um, you know, and, and we remember things like, hey, this is how page speed works. And here's how to eke out just a little bit more. Here's how we actually look at a real page speed, like the load time, not insights page speed and a few cheats to you know make it think it's faster when it in reality a lot of times actually isn't functionally much faster hmm. than uh, than it was before we started i mean i'm sure you know those i know those right like well, i got my google page speed up and you know really you look at your real load times and they've like increased by a you know eighth of a second or something <laughs> you know but as far as google is concerned you're five times better than you were um so, but it, it is going to be interesting. And you're right. I, I, I look at the, the day of self-driving cars. I mean, I, I know there was a time I didn't have a license and I get driven around. I didn't know where any streets were because I didn't really pay attention. Well, can you imagine self-driving cars kick in? I'll never know anything. If I needed to hop on a bike and find my way anywhere, <laughs> I'd have no idea anymore. I would definitely need my phone because I wouldn't have paid attention to what streets were leading where. My car was just getting me there in the best way possible. The real world is a terrifying prospect. And on that, <laughs> on that, we got to go visit the real world for a few seconds here from Webcology. Got to take a break. Uh, one last commercial break going into our last segment. So on behalf of Dave Davies for Beanstalk Internet Marketing, Chip Hedger from Digital Always Media, back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjord, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.com. Cranberry Radio is your new destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. Browse through our complete library of programs at cranberry.fm or on demand through iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, and Google Play. Don't worry, you can still access all of our great webmasterradio.fm programs at cranberry.fm. Refresh your bookmarks today to Cranberry Radio at cranberry.fm. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contest and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Money doesn't grow on trees. So you'll probably have a better chance of growing your business with cranberries. What? Cranberry Radio. Cranberry.fm. It takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on Cranberry.fm. It's the 5th of January, 2017. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And uh, Dave, did you ever get the feeling that Google doesn't like SEOs? <laughs> ever? Just ever in your career? I, 
I, I might have might have had that feeling every every now and then. Like when they used to do the Google dance and they'd always time it for like a Friday or or right before a holiday. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, just a little passive aggressive stuff like that. Um how about the passive aggressive note uh that was up on Google's Google Plus Webmaster channel suggesting that the uh primary reason a website will get hacked these days is because of SEO. I'm not making this up. I swear it was there. I believe you. That's funny. I didn't haven't seen that. It reads, and I quote, search engine optimization, SEO spam, is one of the primary reasons that vulnerable websites are targeted by hackers. Some forms of SEO spam can redirect your users to malicious sites and cause you to lose customers. An early warning sign of this can be from customers trying to access your site. Be sure to pay attention to user feedback questions or complaints and also sign up for Search Console. Google detects any any malicious redirects will send you a message in Search Console. But I don't get it. Why? I'm like, like that's, that's like... <laughs> Is there a form of SEO that I'm unaware of where you redirect other people's... Uh, you know, redirect queries to malicious sites. Yeah, that's that's curious because when you had started, I was thinking they were going to go with the, and I'm sure you remember them, like the link injectors, right? Like they would just hack a, a, a plugin or something in WordPress and then just start injecting links all over the place. Well, yeah, these, these, these um, are like major Viagra spammers, yeah. Exactly. And in that one, I was like, okay, I can see where they're going with this because it's for SEO. It's not that your SEO has done something wrong. It's that it's being done for SEO. Um, but then, yeah, when they're talking about the redirects, I'm like, that's actually a different thing. That's actually not SEO. <laughs> like that's no. That's actually just a different thing altogether. That's just trying to steal your traffic. Yeah, and what, I don't see a purpose to that. Um, there was a old affiliate scam where people were uh, stealing traffic from each other just at the checkout level. Uh, they or they I'm sorry, they would steal uh, traffic and then somehow get it to the checkout under their affiliate code, not the real person who'd gotten the the, the customer. But that was um, that's like six years ago. I honestly I don't I don't know what to make of this of this uh, of this 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 claim. Yeah, sounds like it was just like uh, somebody who had to report on this. And was ticked off at some SEO or another at the time, <laughs> and so decided to decided to throw an entire industry under the bus at the same time. So they lean they 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 link to a uh, website hacked trend report for 2016 for the second quarter of 2016. So this would have taken place between uh, you know uh, April, May, and June of 2016, and it's from uh, Security, which you know I read the Security blog. Uh, periodically because it's it is a great um a great blog and they suggest that seo spam uh is on the rise uh increasing to 38 percent of the spam that they saw on compromised site on compromised sites and Again, I the, the thing I don't understand here is the motivation. What does a quote-unquote SEO spammer get out of redirecting people to a crappy malicious site? Right. Okay, right. And you, you don't know either. So. Well, the, the thing is, and it may be a case of winning by fractions, right? Like, if I can make a tenth of a cent... Um, per ad impression on some site or another, right? I mean, you know, we've all hit some site that like launches pop-ups or, or something like that. Um, you know, if you can make a tenth of a cent off every one of those, and then you can hack some plugin or like some vulnerability in WordPress and redirect, you know, uh, two million people a day um, to these pages and maybe multiple times each, well, you're actually making some money now. <laughs> like yeah, I mean it has to be on mass done, but it could be done. And you know it's a lot like the um, the the Nigerian prince scams, right? Like if you look at it on ROI per email sent, it's like fractions of percents. But it's such a cheap deployment that 
yes, those fractions of cents per email actually can add up. And I know that they're not making it on a per email basis. They're making it on, you know, a sucker born every minute. Um, but if you send an email out where you're going to find that sucker every minute, you're going to do okay. So um, I, I think that maybe the route they're going there is to generate this money off ad revenue needs to be done on a, a, on a massive scale. The only thing I can I, I, I see them getting at, and you must have come across this. Have you seen the uh, what's being called ghost reference spam in uh, in your Google Analytics? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've, I've managed to get rid of it on two accounts. It's all gone. Not not bugging me no more. It was a battle. Um, I'll share it with you later, um, or maybe I'll write it up. Um, they could mean this, but again, I don't. I, I see this as spam that's affecting SEOs more than I see it as SEO spam. You know? Yeah, that's. I, I do view that as well. Is yeah, it, it's it's. And, and and people out there who are suffering uh, ghost reference spam. This is the spam that um, shows up. Uh, Vitale says, "Congratulations, America, on Trump's win." You know that you're seeing that in uh, in in, yeah. in Google Analytics are being reported primarily in like the language area or languages. Um, take heart, you can get rid of it. The thing is, these signals don't actually hit your host name. They don't actually hit your website. So. The trick is in is only including in your analytics sites that actually hit um, all variations of your host name. So www.yourdomain.com, yourdomain.com, http, yourdomain.com, https, www.yourdomain.com, all four variations. Throw that into uh, into a filter with an include and include only stuff that hits those the variations of your domain. And you should be able to clean up the ghost spam. That's very interesting. Thank you, Jim. The, the other method is to look at all the uh, the host names of all referrals to your websites. You can get that from Google Analytics, and uh, exclude anything that isn't your host. So this way, you're making sure that the signal that's coming into uh, your website actually hits your website. Because the, the, the reason they called it ghost spam was there was reference to it, but it never actually hit your site. Right. So that's how you clean it up. And um, I tried it on two test accounts for a couple of weeks, and the numbers are so much clearer. I'm so, I'm, I was so happy because it was driving me up the wall. Excellent. Okay. On that spooky note, we got we to gotta go. We're uh, full up, done a whole hour. We'll, uh, we'll get back in the habit of it next week, I swear. But, uh, and I'm sure a lot more will happen between now and then. But until then, on behalf of Dave Davis from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Release Media. You've been listening to Webcology on Cranberry.fm on the 5th of January, 2017. Stick around Cranberry. We've got a lot more content coming up after the news. opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of cranberry news marketing and cranberry.fm rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited